On this episode of the Church's Messy Podcast, we're going to keep the conversation going about doubt and deconstruction. Are these bad words, or should we better think about these as powerful tools that God can use to strengthen our foundation of trust and faith in Him? And Svea even gets personal and shares with us how she walked through a season of doubt and potential deconstruction. Good morning, Rick. I am. Uh, I'm really looking forward to podcasting this morning, and uh, specifically to talk about this past message because I'd say it was one that uh, that I was really anticipating when I knew hmm. that we were coming up on a message about doubt and reconstruction. I have a lot of feelings about that, and, uh, and yeah. I was looking forward to hearing what you had to say about this. Well, I appreciate that. A lot of people, I think, uh, feel some. Feel some feels mm-hmm. when it comes to the subject of doubt and and deconstruction. Um, I know one of the reasons that I feel my temperature go up a little bit is because I love control. Mm. And in times of feeling that, feel, feeling doubt, I kind of feel a little bit out of control. And when there are people that I, especially people that I care about, people that I love, uh, when they're going through this process, it just reminds me of how a little i have no control right mm-hmm. i have the illusion of control but i really don't i really don't have control and it comes down to am i just going am i really going to trust jesus in the way of jesus and and one of our values is uh, trust the process and people who are fans of the nba always point to the philadelphia 76ers <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about uh, what we're talking about is god is the one who changes people not mm-hmm. us and uh, i really want to be the kind of jesus follower and i want to be the kind of dad and i want to be the kind of friend and the kind of pastor who just loves people and isn't the kind isn't trying to control what's happening in people's lives and not trying to change people but trusting god to do that but i'm just i'm just loving mm-hmm. and and sharing the sharing the truth with grace does that how does that sound? Oh, that's helpful. And I'd also say that there's an element to the desire to want to be in control that plays deeply into doubt and reconstruction, because for someone who's in the middle of that, they may say that they don't feel like they have control over it themselves. Hmm. It's not even about being controlled by someone else, but uh, but that can be a very destabilizing place to be if you're questioning things that had been deeply held beliefs for a long time. That can be a very out of control kind of feeling. Yeah, destabilizing is a, is a really good word. It's a, it's a really good word for that. Um, and I think for those of us who would f- say, listen, this isn't something that describes where I'm at in my journey of faith right now. That's okay. That's actually a great thing. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 celebrate that. But I guess our response, at least part of our response, should be empathy, recognizing that it is destabling, and that when we're uh, engaging someone and someone uh, is sharing their doubts with us or they're sharing their questions with us, and I want to I want to reiterate something that we said this past weekend. You should feel honored because they're saying, "I trust you. Uh, I respect you. You're a safe person for me to bring this to." Always feel honored when mm-hmm. people share their doubts and questions with you. And so let's let's respond with let's respond with empathy because that's a hard place to be. They're not <laughs> typically people aren't in that space because they're trying to be uh, obstinate because they're trying to be willfully uh, disobedient. Um, although those are things that 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 are common in human experience, but it's a I thought this and I don't know if I agree with this anymore, and now I don't know where exactly to plant my feet. That's a tough place to be. And one of the greatest things that I think we can contribute to folks when they are in that spot is saying, when you don't know what you can count on, let me just be, let's make sure that this is this is clear. You can count on me. Mm-hmm. I love you, and that's not backing down no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a good thing that you point out that someone either listening might be in the middle of these kinds of feelings, or someone may not be. I know several people that uh, that claim that they've really never experienced doubt themselves, that mm-hmm. they've had a, a confidence in what they've believed that's been unshaken. But uh, even if they're the that uh, lucky few that can sure. feel that way, they likely have people in their lives that don't feel that way. And uh, and I appreciated in the message this past weekend, you were speaking to both crowds of people. Trying of, to, yeah. Of, of people who were maybe struggling and mm-hmm. yet also speaking to people in how do we respond to people who are struggling. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think I'm the guy who says everybody is going to deal with significant doubt. That may not, they, that may not be true. I certainly don't want to project that on anybody. Anybody. Uh, but one of the things that I'm incredibly grateful for, especially from a guy like Jude, just writes honestly about it. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. It's going to be a reality. Uh, there are a variety of reasons that it that it happens, but this sh- should be our response. Number one, be merciful. Just be merciful, because that's the way Jesus is with us. And then he writes to respond with urgency. We get that from... Um, you know, snatching people from from fire. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah, it was uh, good imagery. And it was, and then his imagery of you know, hey, uh, hating even clothing uh, cr- uh, stained, <laughs> corrupted oh, by yeah. the flesh. And that was it, a gory imagery. <laughs> it was gory is an interesting word, but I mean, it is. It certainly is a little bit crass. It's not something that people would expect. But here, here's the thing: the Bible's not PG. <laughs> mm. A lot of times it's PG thirteen. So a lot of times it's, it's R. And there's some really just kind of gritty language and imagery in the Bible, and Jude is using the imagery of dirty underwear. And as I was sharing this, there's some kids in the front row laughing. Oh. I just thought, that's great. You're getting it. You're listening. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> you know, but he's but the, the discomfort and how much we would hate that if we were sitting and soiled undergarments, that that's how we should respond when we see inappropriate, out-of-bounds teaching and behavior mm-hmm. in the church. Um, because, not because we hate those people, but because we hate the impact that it has mm-hmm. on people. Mm-hmm. It not only causes people to want to distance themselves from a congregation of believers, but it causes people uh, to doubt the goodness of Jesus. And that's a pretty big deal. And we want to lean mm-hmm. into that. One of the reasons that I was so excited when we rolled out our new mission and our vision and our values here was this heart behind our mission for wanting to be a church that's a safe place to talk about doubt, to talk mm-hmm. about our questions, mm-hmm. where we can be curious and skeptical. And uh, not only is that allowed here, mm-hmm. but it's even encouraged because uh, not that we want people to stay in those places, but we want to help them through those places. Absolutely. Absolutely. We absolutely want to help. And never in my life have these things been as intense as they are right now. Uh, and in the past uh, the past few years, dealing with things like COVID, dealing with inflamed social tensions and political discord and economic turbulence, uh, anxiety is on the rise, depression is on the rise, divorce is on the rise, addiction is on the rise, crime is on the rise. People are hurting. And there are a lot of people who are wondering, why? Why would God allow this? How am I supposed to respond to this? There is a mixture of curiosity and there is a mixture of skepticism that is pervasive. And what would it mean to Jesus? And what would it mean to us? And what would it mean to this community if our congregation just continually celebrated and continually did the things that would cause us to be the kind of people that folks who are hurting, curious, skeptical, whatever, just say, we love being around Mm -hmm. you. Oh my goodness, what a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift that we get to be to others. And it is a gift that to ourselves that we would be able to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I hope that's something that excites people. As I was looking around the faces of people in the room, I think that it is something that excites those who call Autumn Ridge Church their home. 
Well, it's it's something near to my heart. I went through a, a dark period of doubt many, many years ago. Mm. And and I remember going through a lot of different thoughts and feelings at the time. And some of it was was shame of mm. just, you know, not wanting to tell other people that I was doubting at that time. I thought they'd think that maybe I'm not a good Christian anymore, because how can you be? <laughs> All right. Well, here's the deal. This is called the Church's Messy Podcast. Yeah. And I think what you're describing, if we dug into it, would be a little messy. Would you be would you be willing to uncork that story a little bit and Tell us a little bit more. Well, I'd like nothing more to use that story to help someone else who's okay. maybe in a similar place. Because, yeah, I, I, I was concerned and afraid to tell people what I was wrestling with at the time because I didn't want that to nullify the way they either saw me or saw me as a person of faith. I've, I've hmm. Faith has been important to me my whole life. And, uh, and yet, both through life circumstances and a number of other things that kind of coalesced at a time. It was a, a dark time, and I, I did begin questioning some of the things that hadn't been uh, been a question before. Mm. And um, and I didn't always feel safe to talk about it, and a couple of people that I did bring it up to, their reaction was not full of mercy and patience and, mm. and the kinds of things that, uh, that, that Jude might have encouraged them to display. Are there, are there any sort of responses that stand out to you that you remember? And do you remember what it was like in that in that moment? I I do specifically remember one person saying, "Well, what's the sin in your life mm. that's at the the heart of this? You know, is there something that is dark in your life right now that's going on? Are you are you doubting because you're actually just running away or hiding yourself from Jesus? Mm. And that that felt very hurtful because the actual reality was there was the opposite. It was I was seeking God, I was seeking Jesus, and I couldn't find him the way that I had known God in my life previously. And uh, and I couldn't understand it, why I couldn't find him. And that response treated you like you are the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. It's your problem. Much of, of other issues in that, too, were, were just some intellectual questions. I tend to be a little bit more on the intellectual side than the emotional side in my faith. And uh, and and so I went and, and sought the advice of someone that I really respect. And uh, and the, the answer that I got there was, well, you just need to read more. You need more books, listen to more sermons, find more answers. And uh, and none of those were satisfying. Hmm. And... Um, and I think even this message this last week helped me see that I think I was approaching my doubt in a very intellectual way, looking for answers to my belief issues. But there were bigger issues at play. There were mm. issues of of culture, as you brought out that, um, that there can be cultural influences that are causing us to question things that we may have believed before. Um, and uh, you also mentioned the impact of scandals. Now, scandal wasn't necessarily something that I would have said there, but there's there's an element of that that played in where God didn't act the way I thought He should, hmm. and uh, and that that felt like well maybe I can't trust things that had seemed trustworthy before. And ultimately, coming through that wasn't solving an intellectual problem. It wasn't um, it wasn't something that I did. It was an experience of God mm-hmm. and recognizing that God is bigger yes. than all of this. Yes. And there's a truth in that. But but having gone through that, it gives me such a heart for people who are in a place like yeah. that. And I, I want to be part of helping people be honest mm. about where they are and, and finding God for who he truly is. 
So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, as, as I'm listening you listening to you describe this story, I think one of the things that that jumps out to me the most is you're you're talking about the impact of the culture that you were in. I grew up in a very guarded, uh, judgmental, image based culture. Uh, we in the in the message I said it's possible for a church to have beliefs that are absolutely right in a culture that's dead wrong. Mm. That's the church culture uh, that that I grew up in, and I have a I have a heart, I have a passion uh, for helping people who have been wounded by that, or perhaps even carry some trauma from that kind of culture, to be able uh, to push past how that clouds their view of Jesus, so they could truly see Jesus and trust and and, and follow Him. And what you're describing is something that you were able. I think by God's grace and his kindness in your life, you were able to come through, but there were a lot of people who were derailed Mm -hmm. by that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about this message series that we're getting ready to start. And the thing that's going to be a drumbeat over and over in this series is we are the wrapping paper that people have to get through to get to Jesus. And when we remember that, I think it helps the words of Jude uh, shine even more brightly and Mm -hmm. just jump off the page with a sense of urgency that we need to respond to people in the way that Jesus responded to us. It is not my job to make assumptions about the person and the motivations and the things that are driving them to ask these questions. Rather, I should just celebrate that they're willing to share it, and this is an opportunity for me to model and share Jesus with them, Mm. not necessarily to diagnose them. Because I think one of the things that's happening there is that person that you're describing, it's possible, I don't know. It's possible maybe that person was afraid of their of their own doubts and if they got really honest and messy with you in that moment it might mm-hmm. expose some things that they didn't know how to how to respond to. And this is where it's important to remember love casts out fear. Mm. Love drives out fear. What, yes. what what that person needed and what you needed in that moment was love. Mm-hmm. How yeah. helpful would that have been? Yeah. Well, I express that's partly why mm-hmm. I have a heart for this and a mm-hmm. passion for us to be the kind of church where it's safe for people to be honest about their doubts. Uh, but even looking back on it now, I'm grateful to have gone through that experience because my faith is so much stronger now, mm-hmm. having gone through that, than mm-hmm. I think if I hadn't at all. It it was a helpful period of calling into question, why do I believe what I believe? Mm-hmm. And uh, and being able to sort through what is the basis of my faith? What is that foundation that can hold me? Um, you mentioned in the message that all foundations are binary. They either can hold the weight of your life or they can't. That's right. And, yep. and that was that period of, of fortifying what foundation I was standing on. Um, it's it's some of what drove me eventually to seminary to want to to learn more. Um, like I said, I've got a little bit more of an intellectual belt. And so for me, that was a, a very satisfying thing. Isn't this a fascinating thing? The, the the struggles that you were wrestling through at that time in your life and the doubts that you had actually drove you to pursue to pursue Christ with greater intensity, to mm-hmm. go on a path of greater, uh, uh, of bolstering your education. And now you're in a position of a pastor where you're able to to share this. Man, I wish that uh, maybe the person who uh, responded to you inappropriately, that, that that individual could hear this and hear, oh, I, I accidentally played a role of derailing her in that instead <laughs> of helping her uh, push forward with confidence and and grace and with truth and with love and 
um, the way that Jesus has, has been to us. Well, the beauty of God is that even in that moment, yes. God can use that now to Absolutely. Uh, hopefully uh, be an instructive thing for someone else. Oh my else. goodness. So, yeah, it's, no, that's very good. So I appreciate you saying that because we, we ta- I shared three big themes. It's way too ambitious to try to describe all the reasons that people doubt or deconstruct. Uh, would be foolish for me to try and say, hey, this is why this is why everybody goes. But three major themes, uh, why people go through that from what I've read in many stories and what I've experienced up close and personal with people that I love is doubt. It, it, it's about the, the the merits of the Orthodox faith. Do I believe this? Uh, then it's culture, like we've talked about, and then it's and, and then it's uh, and then it's scandal. But the thing that I appreciate that you just that you just kind of shined a spotlight on is God's promise remains true that He'll use all things mm. to work together for the good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So even when we experience doubts, even when we experience culture that doesn't honor Jesus, and even when we experience the absolutely intolerable, unacceptable, scandalous behaviors of those who know better who are in Christ, that God can and will redeem that and use it for good. Yes. And there's tremendous confidence, yes. tremendous confidence. We're not minimizing it. But what we're trying to do is remember just how great and good God is, and that he is not done with us, even when we feel like we don't know how to keep moving forward with whatever it is that has saddled us with with doubt or concern or pause in that moment. Amen. I, I want to shift gears now yeah. to deconstruction, okay? Because they're they're related, but they're they're somewhat uh, distinct in in each of the the ways that we might approach mm-hmm. the topic. And and I'll, I'll be honest, when you first told me a few months ago that you were planning a message that was going to touch on deconstruction, it uh, made me, uh, you know, the proverbial cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I was a little nervous for yeah. what what are you going to do to? <laughs> it was it was destabilizing. I, <laughs> It's it's a term that I came to understand as being wholly bad, mm-hmm. that it was the term given to people who were walking away from their faith and, and maybe shedding their beliefs. Sure. And, uh, um, and I had a very negative view of, mm-hmm. of people who were embracing deconstruction. I even recall hearing a podcast once where a stern warning was given that if someone in your church is advocating deconstruction, run. <laughs> this is this is not a healthy thing. Sure. Just as we were talking about going through a period of doubt to actually arriving at a position of stronger faith, I think what you were driving at is deconstruction is not a threat if what it is is helping you to tear away the things that are not true, that are not strong foundations to build on mm-hmm. so that you can re excuse me, so that you can reconstruct your life on the true foundation. Absolutely. So, listen. I probably, I probably was a tad too ambitious, even with that message, uh, trying to trying to talk about it in just one thirty to thirty five minute, thirty five minute time span, instead of spreading it out over two or, or, or three weeks. One of the things that didn't make it off the cutting room floor is that who are the people that should go through deconstruction? Anyone who's trying to build the wrong things on the wrong foundation. Mm. Anyone who's trying to build the right things on the wrong foundation. And anyone who's trying to build the wrong things on the right foundation. Now, I know that I went through that really quickly. Let me let me go through it again, and I'm going to slow down and give some examples. Wrong things on the wrong foundation. Right things on the wrong foundation. Wrong things on the right foundation. I think in in Matthew six, where where Jesus is talking about, look at the foundation. Is it is it sand or is it rock? You know, if you if you hear these words and you ignore them, you're building your foundation on sand. And I think Jesus, if he were here with us, and and which would be a kind of 
that would be a great episode <laughs> of the of the of the podcast. But it's, you're you're trying to build a life of significance and security and satisfaction. You want all the right things, but you are trusting in yourself, not trusting in me. You want the right things ultimately, but you're but you're trusting in the wrong things. That's certainly a cause of deconstruction. Reevaluate that, dismantle that, and build on the only true foundation, which is Christ. Mm-hmm. Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talked about. There's only one foundation which is Christ, and this is where we're going to talk about wrong things on the right foundation. And he uses some really interesting metaphor. There's one foundation, some people build on it um, with uh, gold and precious jewels, and other people build on it with wood, hay, and stubble, and in the end, it'll be judged by fire, and wood, hay, and stubble will burn away. And if you build with gold and and, and precious metals and precious jewels, then, then that remains. And that was the Apostle Paul's uh, really figurative way of saying, listen, you are in Christ. Now, what are you going to do now that you are in Christ? What are you going to build with your life? Things that are Christ-honoring or things that are going to endure and things that are self-centered and not Christ-honoring are just going to be burned away and they're they're not going to last. And so if you are a believer and you are living for yourself and you're not really living in a God-honoring way, then deconstruction is right for you too, to look at that and say, oh my goodness, I, I'm not honoring Christ with how I'm with the trajectory of my life. I'm going to dismantle those things and and then rebuild what would honor him on the foundation, on the true foundation that I already have. And other people might say, Rick, sounds like you're talking about repentance. Well, yeah, I'm talking mm-hmm. about repentance. There, there isn't necessarily a reason that we should think about deconstruction and repentance as different things. Repentance, metanoia, it's changing your mind mm-hmm. and changing your direction. You could change your mind to the wrong thing, or you could change your mind to the right thing. You could change direction to go in the wrong way, or you can change direction to go in the in the right way. But we don't need to be concerned about the term and its popular use. Really, what we need to be concerned about is what is the substance of mm-hmm. how that's being used. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The point is not to, to end there yeah. at a at a point of deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the the big idea that we were trying to get to, the problem isn't going through deconstruction, it's stopping there. If we just say, I don't believe this anymore, and we just push things out of our lives, and now we're just kind of left listless, rudderless, uh, directionless, that is not a good thing. I have seen too many people go through that, and it is painful. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely painful. The next thing we need to do is we need to figure out what is true. And we need to build our life on the truth. And the good news is, is when we're pursuing truth, it's not just going to lead us to principles. It truly is going to lead us to a person. Jesus is the way, mm-hmm. the truth, and the life. And he is the foundation worth building on. Mm. And so if if I could, I don't know that I want to retract anything from the message, but if there's one thing that was missing towards mm. the end, I think early on, I think I did an okay-ish job of recognizing that there are hurts and emotional things and, um, and, and kind of things that you described, cultural interactions that can drive people uh, to doubt or, or even to deconstruction. I think we honor that, especially when we looked at how Jesus responded to the woman who was um, horrifically um, manipulated mm. by uh, by uh, Pharisees and the woman caught in a, caught in adultery. But in the end, what I was talking about a time of response. I just said, listen, if you're questioning, just dig in, keep 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 pursuing. And I think that um, if I'm guilty of anything, is in that moment treating down and deconstruction as a purely intellectual exercise. And I don't want to do that. Some folks, and maybe you, maybe you listening right now, you just you need to be loved on 
and you need to be healed. Mm-hmm. And maybe you need to go through 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 a process of, of healing. One of the things that I'm learning more and more about is that when we have been hurt, and not just hurt, but when we've experienced trauma, we carry it in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And if you are a person who you find yourself that there are certain environments you just find yourself physically reacting and you feel it and it starts to overwhelm, you need you need to be loved on and you deserve you deserve some healing. And so maybe connecting with a with a counselor who's really trained in this area would be helpful for you. It's not just an intellectual exercise. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a more holistic exercise that um, that's that's needed by you to provide provide the healing that you need and deserve. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, I think let's end the conversation there because I think that's a good a good place to give people a, t- a chance to reflect and decide how God can lead them in this area. Sounds good. All right. Look forward to uh, chatting more next week. Yeah.